Welcome to The Rock Church and World Outreach Center. We pray that this message will strengthen and encourage you. Now here's a message from Pastor Jessica Ross. Let's get into the Word. I believe God has a Word for you. And the title of my message is, What We Can Learn From the Hood. I'm a little gangster. I'm a little hood. Actually, what we can learn from motherhood. And so many of us have so many things that we've learned from our moms. When I think about things that I've learned from my mom, I can think about so many amazing things. And one of them is to be bold. My mom is bold. My mom is a go-getter. There's nothing she can't do. And so when I feel like I can't do something, I think about my mom and I think, no, I could do it because if she could do it, I could do it. You know, it's always good to have someone to look to, right? When I think about my mom, any, if you know my mom, she can create anything beautiful. We used to live in, uh, we were very poor and they told me we were, I never knew we were, but we were poor and she would make our homes and our rentals and wherever we lived, not just a house, but she would make them a home. She would create um, curtains and she would make new bedspreads for us and, and she would light candles and, and place things in, you know, certain settings and she was just the most beautiful decorator. And I just remember her touch for things. So when I got my own house and I had to learn how to decorate myself, you know what I did? I channeled my mom and I was like, what would my mom do? What would she do? Would she put these things together? What colors would she put together? And you see, our moms have an incredible influence in our life. Maybe some of you are thinking about things that your mom has told you, you know, quotes and stuff that they have, they have raised us with. Like, how about this one? If you want to be kind to somebody, you better be kind back right? And so many times I, I, I want to be kind to somebody, but people are being mean to me back. And I hear my mom say, remember, just you love them back. You love them back. And those are the things that stick with us, the things that your mom pours into you. But how, how do we walk in this? How do we channel these things today? How do we remember and ponder on what God has to say? And I want to say to you today, you are not alone on Mother's Day. You might be feeling alone. Maybe your kids are rayward. Maybe they're doing their own thing. Maybe they're out there and they're just not serving God the way that you know that you raised them to do it. But mama, I'm telling you right now, you are the mouthpiece for them with heaven. You begin to pray like you've never prayed before. And I believe that today we're going to get some lessons from women, mamas in the Bible. And they're going to teach us some things that every single one of us can live by in our everyday. Whether we are a man or a woman, whether we are old or young, it does not matter what your age, it does not matter what your race, it does not matter who you are, where you came from, your socio class. God has a word for you today from the moms in the Bible. And so there are so many women in the Bible, but here's a few of them, I want you to pay attention to this video and then we will go ahead and get into some of our lesson. Motherhood plays an important role in the Bible. It binds the beginning and the end. These stories offer us a glimpse into the heart of God. And so we start at the beginning. Taken from the side of Adam, gifted with bringing forth life, the first woman was named Eve because she was the mother of all living. But she was also a mother in her own right, the first of many mothers to come. Though Sarah's womb was closed, God promised nations and kings would come from her. Ten years pass and motherhood seems as impossible as the day it was promised. But the Lord is faithful to keep his promises and Sarah bore a son who made her laugh. 
Leah was the firstborn, overlooked by her husband Jacob, who gave his heart to her younger sister. When the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb. Despite Jacob's disdain, she found her motherhood in the Lord. When Pharaoh became angry at the fruitfulness of the Hebrews, Jochebed sacrificed her motherhood for the sake of her son. When Pharaoh's daughter saw the child, she had compassion on him. Because of Jochebed's sacrificial motherhood, the Israelites found freedom. Naomi was a mother who experienced the loss of her sons, yet she gained a daughter in Ruth who declared, for where you go, I will go. Your people will be my people. Your God, my God. Naomi and Ruth became family by faith. Mary, a virgin and not yet married, was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. The motherhood of this blessed woman was more than the continuation of a family name, but a means for God to bring a savior into the world to save his people from their sins. From the garden to the cross, there have always been mothers. These women paved the way for all women, representing the full spectrum of the ways one could be called mom. Whether a mother in faith, mentorship, adoption, or by birth, you play an important role in the stories of generations to come. To all the Sarahs, Leahs, Jochebeds, and Naomis, Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Motherhood is such a great calling. It's actually a ministry. Did you know that? Sometimes we think of it as a job but it's actually a ministry to our children. It's, it's an everyday constant focus of what God wants to put inside of them, that we are on mission, women. We are on mission to raise these little people and to put Jesus inside of them. You know, being a mom is an everyday thing and it never stops. I wrote some things down that, that remind me of my days. You know, your kids will be grown one day, but enjoy them in the moment that we have them. This job comes with a great reward, but it also do, requires a great sacrifice. Selfishness is not an option with a mom. Love is never ending, and the hours do not fall between 8 and 5 o'clock at night. The places that we get to discover as mom are so very special. Those intimate conversations, watching their personalities change, watching Jesus come alive inside of them. More, speci more special than any exotic vacation we can dream about. I know you've dreamt about the beaches of Bora Bora, but honestly, the intimate conversations with your teenager is the most priceless thing that you will ever get. There's no money on the face of the earth that will ever be as, as valuable as a conversation and raising a child and taking care of them when they're ill and loving them in their happy moments and graduation and basketball games and soccer games and all the things that you get to do with them. You see, there's nothing more valuable than motherhood. It brings a satisfaction. It, it, it brings something eternal to our lives, and it is very supernatural. Did you know that every single one of us, as we are walking out motherhood, that we are walking out living a supernatural life? 
and your mom poured into you. There are things that she put into you. And I believe that we have so many lessons from moms. So what we're going to do today is we're going to learn some things from moms in the Bible that we all can live and apply to our everyday life. I want to give you this quote. It says, mothers write on the heart of their children what the cruel hand of the world cannot erase. You see, your kids cannot be tainted by the world when they have a mom that says, I know that's what they say, but this is who you really are. Remember who you are, child. Remember that you are called by God and loved by God. So today, your mom might be gone, but I'm here to tell you that you are called by God, men and women. You are anointed by heaven itself. And God has not left us on this earth to be discouraged or depleted, but God has given us a fullness of who Christ is and that he wants to fill us with his love, fill us with his grace this Mother's Day weekend. He wants to provide for us and pour into us. And so let's learn some lessons from women um, on the, on, in the Bible. I'm sorry, in the Bible. And let's have an attitude. Number one, write this down. Let's have an attitude of gratefulness. Sometimes that's hard. And listen, I am preaching to myself, okay? I am no more anointed to carry out this message than you are. I have to remind myself of what the word says constantly. But having an attitude of gratefulness is important to God, no matter what circumstances you have been dealt. Some of us have have different types of children, different personalities, special needs. There's so many different types of motherhood and different ways of doing motherhood. And no matter what you have, what's in front of you is beautiful. And God has given it to you, and you've got this, Mom. You can do this. I'm here to say today that he has your back and that God says, just be thankful in the moments that are the hardest because I will then help you get out of them and I will strengthen you for them and through them. When we keep an attitude of gratefulness, I believe that it begins to unleash blessing. I believe heaven begins to rain down on our homes in ways that maybe if we would just be complacent and not think about Oh, thank you, God, for that moment. Thank you, Lord, that we had some breakthrough in this area. Thank you, God, that you got us through this. And when we begin to keep an attitude of gratefulness in our everyday lives, heaven says, ooh, I can give them more because they know where their help comes from. It comes from the Lord. And heaven begins to open up heaven. Miracles begin to happen in our homes and with our families and in our marriages. You see, God is on your team. He's on your side. And sometimes it just feels good to get a thank you. I know me as a mom, one day I was having a really, really long day. I think it was right when all this pandemic start was starting and we had crazy office hours and we were coming home really late. And my son, he, he was just, he's very thoughtful in what he does. He got up and he just started cleaning everything. And I was like, what are you doing? And because it's not always normal. And he's like, oh, no, you, I could just tell you've had a bad day. And I just want to make sure that this is like not something you have to think about. 
And I was just like, wow, thank you. I mean, I was blown away. That was like the most greatest gift he could have given me at that moment. And so what can we do in our lives? We can show gratitude to those that we love, like our moms. Maybe you need to call your mom today on the phone and tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day and make this Mother's Day week because that's what I told my family. This is a Mother's Day week. I get the whole week, okay? And this is our time to cherish the moms in our lives. Call your mom. Thank her. Even if she wasn't a good mom, thank her anyways, because the Bible says that if you honor your father and your mother, that you will live a long, full life, and you will be blessed. So it's not about what she has done or not done. It's about how you handle yourself and how we keep an attitude of gratefulness. This is not always easy, but there was a woman in the Bible I want to look at. Her name is Sarah. Turn with me to Genesis 21. Genesis 21. Get your Bibles and your notepads out. Genesis 21, 1 through 7. We love the word of God here. It's powerful and sharper than any double-edged sword. I believe that it has the power to heal us, restore us, fix our thinking. And Sarah understood the power of God. She, she was blessed by God. And God promised her a child. And this is what happened in Genesis 20. She was old. Abraham and her were old. They were in their old age. When we say old, what does old mean? You know, um, Dan called me the young mom of the house. And I was like, ooh, thank you. I, 40, when I was young, was like middle age. So, yay, I will take that. But I believe that Sarah was, Abraham was 100 years old. Sarah was older. I can't imagine at 40 having a child. I know some of you have not I seriously think of you and I think you're amazing heroes because when I'm tired at night and I don't have the energy, I think, oh, how horrible would that be to have to start all over again? But then really there's always room for a baby and it would be the most wonderful thing in the whole entire world. So I, no, in Jesus' name, Lord, I don't know what I'm saying right now. Okay. <laughs> Please don't give me what I'm saying. Okay. Genesis 21, 1 through 7, it says, the Lord keep his word and did for Sarah exactly what he had promised. Ooh, I love that God is faithful in his promises. What has God promised to you this Mother's Day? Remain in that. Verse 2 says she became pregnant. She gave birth to a son for Abraham in his old age. And this happened at the time that God said it would. Hold on. In motherhood, sometimes things don't happen when we think they should, right? Why has my kid not come back to the Lord yet? Why are they still dating that crazy person? I prayed them out. Like there are things that go on in our lives. How come so-and-so hasn't gotten a job yet? You know, we get mad at God when he doesn't do things on our timing. But here was Sarah, and she was old. And God says that he gave it to her when he said it would happen. Verse 3, and Abraham named their son Isaac. Eight days after he was born, he circumcised him. Verse 5, Abraham was 100 years old when Isaac was born. And Sarah declared, Ooh, this is thankfulness right here. Sarah declared, God has brought me laughter. And all who hear about this will laugh with me. Who would have said to Abraham and Sarah would, that she would nurse a baby? Yet I have given Abraham a son in his old age age. God was faithful to Sarah, and she was grateful to God for Isaac. She, it was a gift that God gave her. Sometimes God is not on our time. In fact, I have to tell you a secret. Most of the time, he is not on our time. 
and what we think of as time, God does not. And so if we could keep an attitude and a heart of gratefulness when we do not always see things happening when and what we think it should be, then I bet you that heaven goes, ooh, yes, there's faith going on. Ooh, there's a heart of gratitude going on. Oh, here we go. I'm working behind the scenes. I'm taking care of this. You see, God is on our team. He's on our side. But we have to keep an attitude of gratefulness as Sarah did. Sometimes when we are in this pandemic, I don't know about you, but I find myself irritable. Maybe I'm the only one. Like, I'll wake up in the morning and I'm just like, why am I irritated today? You know, and I'm just like, I have to get out of this house, but there's nowhere to go. And we can complain, and then that just sets you off, and you just go, right? We women, I love us, but we can be big complainers. And only I can say that. The men do not amen right now. Philippians 2.4 says, do everything without complaining and arguing. What does that mean? It means that when we find ourselves irritated, when we find ourselves frustrated in life, when things aren't going our way, when our plans have been changed, how many vacations of yours have been, planned, have been canceled through this pandemic? How many times have you needed something and couldn't get it? How many people do you miss in your world every day because you're told you're not allowed to be with them? But yet... If we can remember to keep an attitude of gratefulness and thankfulness, heaven is listening. And it's a lesson that Sarah taught us. Let's change our perspective. Let's walk in, in gratitude. Let's walk in thanksgiving. Point number two, what we can learn from the mothers in the Bible for our everyday. Number two, that love requires sacrifice. In fact, I want to change that to love requires great sacrifice. It requires great sacrifice. What does that mean? Nobody wants to hear that it's going to take sacrifice to love people. I don't want to do that. Many times, many times it requires sacrifice. And we as moms live this every single day. I cannot tell you how many times I have made meals for my whole family. And at the end of it, I'm like, oh, there's not enough food for me. Okay, well, I'll find something else to eat. And they don't even know. How about... When I had plans and I had a whole, I had my whole week planned and then the kids come in with their schedule and all of a sudden I've got to undo everything I have so that I could take care of their needs for that week. You know, there's so many sacrifices. Those are just little things. But how about the sacrifice of not sleeping at night? Moms, I remember when the babies were brand new and I never slept I was like a zombie, and I was crabby, and I just wanted to sleep. And I said to Dan, why didn't anyone tell us about this? No one told us that we would never sleep again. But I'm here to tell you, you will sleep again when they get older. So just enjoy the time you are up. Be, pray over that baby. Rock that baby. Sing hymns and praises to that baby. My mom taught me that. And so I've been telling everybody I know because I prayed those things for my children. I'm already seeing them come to pass in their lives. Those, all those nights ago that I never slept. And now I get to see God's goodness coming to pass. That was a sacrifice for us as parents. You see, we see Jesus as a beautiful example, example of a sacrifice 
sacrifice. He went to that cross for us when he did not have to. He went and he, he put himself on that cross, bloody and beaten to a pulp for you and I, so that our sins can be taken away, so that we could come boldly to the throne room of God, so that we can have access to heaven. You see, God knew the sacrifice it would take. What a beautiful example. Let's talk about a woman in the Bible, a mom who gave a great sacrifice. She, her name is Jochebed. I might be saying that wrong, but Jochebed is her name. And she is a woman of God. She was a mother. She was a mother, mother of Moses and Aaron. And when she became pregnant with Moses, the king declared, kill all the babies. And so she gave birth to Moses, and for three months she hid him. I cannot imagine what that was like for her. To keep a baby silent, can you imagine? They're so loud, especially when they're upset or hungry. At least my kids were. And she kept him quiet. But when she knew she could not keep him contained and quiet any longer, she got in faith and she was like, I've got to do something. And so she went out there. She put it out there and she, she built a basket of reed and tar and she tarred it and she put Moses in the basket and he went and floated him down the river and she sent his sister to watch, to see what happened to him. So if you would turn with me, I'm going to go to verse 7, Exodus 2, 7. Exodus 2, 7. It says, then the baby's sister, oh, actually, I'm going to go back to verse 6. When the princess opened it, see, so let me, let me just, sorry, I'm cutting my scriptures. So when he was floating down the river, the princess was on the river bathing. And she saw this basket, and she found Moses in it. And so she went to take the basket, and this is where we're picking up in verse 6, okay? So verse 6, it says that when the princess opened it, she saw the baby, and the little boy was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. Then the baby's sister approached the princess. Should I go find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you, she asked. Yes, do. And the princess replied. So the girl went and called the baby's mother. Take this baby and nurse him for me. The princess told this baby's mother, I will pay you for your help. Well, that sounds like a good deal. She gets to be with Moses longer. And then it says, so the woman took her baby home and nursed him. Verse 10, later when the boy was older, his mother brought him back to the Pharaoh's daughter who adopted him as her son. The, prince was, the princess named him Moses, for she explain, explained, lifted him up out of the water was the reason for his name. I think about this story and I think of Jacobin. You know, she stood out there in faith and she put him in that river. That was a sacrifice. She didn't know if she'd ever see him again. But then God was so faithful and allowed her to be able to nurse him longer and to have that connection with Moses. Isn't that beautiful? God is so faithful in the places that we think we've lost things in. I'm telling you, he's right there. If you have loss in your life, God is right there ready to answer and to hold you in the loss. So here it was, she got to nurse him, and then she brought him back because she had to sacrifice the fact that she probably wanted to be a part of his life every day. I can't imagine not being in my children's life. But she knew that she knew that he had a call on his life. She knew that he was anointed by God. She knew that there was greatness marked on him. And so she gave him back, and you know what happened? We know the story. He rescued the children out of Egypt, the children of God out of Egypt. 
and then he brought them to the promised land. He was the one with the Ten Commandments, and he opened the Red Sea. You see, God used him for greatness. What if Jacob would have said, nope, I'm not going to sacrifice. Nope, I'm not doing it, God. What would have happened? God would have raised up someone else. But I'm telling you, she stepped into her call. She stepped into her anointing. She put herself on the line and a sacrifice for God's plan. In motherhood, in our everyday, God is asking us to sacrifice for the greater good of love. And our moms have taught us that in the everydays. In the places that are not fun to do, when you get up and you're the only one up, mama, in the morning praying because you know that somebody's got to pray over those kids. God hears your prayer. He hears your cry. When you don't know what's next, the prayers of a mom are holding you together. If you find yourself in a broken place today, run back to God because he loves you and he cherishes you and he sacrificed so much for you. He's calling you home today. But us as Christians, God is asking us to put ourselves on the line for love. What does that look like for us? Does that mean that I've got to get outside of myself, outside of my flesh, outside of my thinking, and I've got to get into what God says about me? I've got to get into what God says about my community. I've got to get into what God says about my children. You see, society may tell you that your kids aren't good at this or they're not good at that, and it's the most heartbreaking thing to watch your children suffer. But I'm here to tell you, Mama and Daddy, you begin to pray over those kids. You begin to speak faith over your children. What the devil meant for bad, God meant it for good. When When you see the brokenness happening inside of them, you begin to use the word against it. You see, you are anointed to love sacrificially because Jesus did it. So now we can do it and we can step into it and we are called for this. We can do this, church, in our everyday. We can love big. See, nothing comes without a great sacrifice. I watched my mom day in and day out give for our family. I watched her cook meals, even though my dad always said it was bad. I don't think her food was bad. Let me go on the record and say that I love the flavor of burnt food. And I love my mom. And so when things are undercooked, I actually hate it. And so... I love my mom's cooking. She's my favorite cook. In fact, I hope that she will cook for me one day when maybe next week in my Mother's Day week, she could cook for me lasagna. I'd like lasagna, mom. I'm putting it in my request right now. And my mom can cook so good, right? So I thought that about my mom. When my mom would say to me, oh, I just don't look good today. I just look so ugly. And I would be like, you're so beautiful. I only see you as who you are. You're so beautiful. You see, the kid and the mom, they have that connection. I find myself feeling bad about myself or whatever, and my kids are like, mom, come on. You're so beautiful. You see, it's a sacrificial love, but moms give of themselves and pour out of themselves, and they don't always see what we all see. And so today... How about we, as children, put ourselves aside and go be with our moms? Go tell them how special they are. Go tell them how much you love them. Listen, men, I don't care how big and tough and rough you are, you still have a mama that needs to know that you love her. You need to go wrap your arms around her if you can. And if you can't, how about this? Write her a beautiful letter. Maybe she's already gone on to be with God, but you write her a letter. And you just tell her how special she was for you. These could be beautiful things we can do as we cherish the people that aren't with us any longer. But if they are still here on this earth, let's be a sacrificial love to them in their lives. There's a lady named Irma Bromrick. 
and she wrote this. She said, sometimes we forget how important stability is to a child. I've always told mine that the easiest part of being a mother is giving birth. You would say, what? No way. Yeah, actually, totally is. The hardest part is showing up for it each day. Mother's Day is traditionally the day when children give something back to their mothers for all the spit that they washed off faces, all the dirty faces that they cleaned, all the old gum that they held in their hands when they weren't supposed to be eating it, all the noses that they wiped and all the bloody knees that they made well with a kiss. This is the day when mothers are rewarded for washing all those sheets in the middle of the night. Oh, can I get an amen? Driving kids to school when they miss the bus and the enduring football games in the rain. It's appreciation day for making your children finish something they said they could not do, not believing them when they said, I hate you, and sharing their good times and their bad times. Their cards probably will not reflect this, moms, but what they are trying to say is thank you for showing up. I love that, and I will add this. Moms, thank you for not giving up. Thank you for not giving up. Thank you for sticking to loving the kids, for your sacrificial love. Number three, lessons that we can learn in our everydays from moms. This is the biggest one. That what we do here on earth has an eternal reward. You are not here by chance. You are here because you are called by God. That God has anointed you. He knows you in depth. He cherishes your personality. He loves you deeply. Isn't that good news? And yet, God says that you are not here just for yourself, but you are here. And what you do here on earth counts, that it matters. These are the marks of eternity in our every single day. What are we doing for the kingdom? What are we doing to build God's houses? What are we doing to bring people into the bosom of God? What are we doing? You see, we are his mouthpiece. We are his hands. We are his feet. There are women in the word of God that understood the greater calling for their children and for us. That they knew that the, the kingdom was the greatest reward. And one of these women, her name is Hannah. Go with me to 1 Samuel 1, 10 through 17. Hannah was also a woman of great sacrifice with her child. She was a woman who was in deep anguish, is what the word of God says. If you turn with me to 1 Samuel 1, 10, it says, Hannah was in deep anguish anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord, verse 11, and she made this vow, O Lord of heaven's armies. Let's stop there for a second. Sometimes we don't realize who we're talking to, but we are talking to the God of heaven's armies. Who has access like that? I do, and you do, and you do on behalf of your kids and your neighbors and your family members. That's powerful. God is listening to us. And then he, she says, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire life. And, I will, and he will be a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord. His hair will not be cut. As she was praying to the Lord, Eli watched her. There's a conversation that goes on between her and Eli, and he thinks she's drunk because she's so emotional about this. She says, I am not drunk. I'm just crying out to my God. And Eli says in verse 17, in that case, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant the request you have asked of him. As soon as she left, guess what happened? She got pregnant. I love that. I love that God does that on our behalf. Don't you just love this, Siri? I must have said something. That's Siri. 
thought was awesome. In verse 24, when the child was weaned, verse 24, when the child was weaned after she got pregnant, Hannah took him to the tabernacle of Shiloh. They brought along the three-year-old bull for the sacrifice and the basket of flour and some wine. After sacrificing the bull, they brought the boy to Eli. Sir, do you remember me, Hannah said. I am the woman. You, st- you stood here several years ago praying to the Lord. Verse 27, I asked the Lord to give me a boy, and he granted me the request. Verse 28, now I am giving him to the Lord. And he will bring the Lord his whole life. And they worshiped the Lord. You see, Samuel was not just any child. But here was Hannah, knowing that her child could not just be here for her own purpose, for her own comfort, for just wanting to have a child. But she knew that her child had to do something that would mark the eternal um, kingdom of heaven on earth. Samuel had a call on his life from the time he, before the seed of his mother's womb. God knew he had marked Samuel. And yet Hannah sacrificed, sacrificial love gave her son back, and he went and lived with Eli. We know Samuel as the prophet who ordained King David. He's the one, and he's known for the one who hears God. You see, Samuel played a massive role in what God did in the lives of you and I. We are here today because he was faithful to God all those years ago. We get to read out of the word because these women sacrificed, all of them, their child, and they knew that there was a bigger purpose, and there was a bigger call, there was a bigger destiny, and the children that we parent Parents, dads, moms, grandmas, aunties, these kids have a call on their lives. They have a purpose. God wants to use them for their generation. And we have a responsibility to understand that everything we do here on this earth is eternal and has a purpose and a destiny. Today, I believe God wants to do something inside of us. Just as Mary raised Jesus and then Jesus, could you imagine being Mary? I mean, I don't even know. I do wonder. I want to sit at her feet one day and ask her, was he a bad child or was he just like perfect and he never cried and he never experienced, like I do wonder what it was like. And then she had all those other children and she was probably like, this is crazy. What is happening here? You know, Jesus was so amazing. I mean, I think about Mary, cannot wait to hear stories from Mary one day. I think Jacobed, what a beautiful sacrifice. Hannah, what a beautiful sacrifice for the eternal perspective. You see, we church, we look around in the room. We, because it takes a village to raise our children, are, we are raising world changers. They're world changers. They're going to be the next presidents. They're going to be the next politicians that help us get the gospel into the nations. They're going to be the ones that build businesses from the ground up. They're going to be the next scientists. They're going to be the next heroes. They're going to be the next marine. They're going to be the next soldier. They're going to be the next plumber. They're going to be the next electrician. And they're going to be on mission. They're going to be the next preacher, the next Billy Graham. They're going to do something for the kingdom. They will have a voice in their generation. And we have a place and a role in this. And this goes for all of eternity. How incredible of a job we get to manage here on earth. Isn't that amazing? God has a purpose for you. God loves you today. I want to leave you with some scriptures. Proverbs 22, 6 says, train them, train up a child in the way that they should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Psalms 20, 127, 3 says, children are a gift from the Lord. Amen to that. They are a reward from him. Children born to a young man 
and a woman, are like arrows in a warrior's hand. How joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. He will not be put to shame when he confronts his accusers at the gate. Proverbs 31, 28, I'll leave you with this verse, moms. It says that her children will rise up and they will call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. We review, today the review is things that we could learn from mom to be here on this earth, to have an attitude of gratefulness and thankfulness in our every moments. When you don't, it's okay. Just switch your thinking over, change your perspective. Let's get back into a heart of gratitude and thankfulness. Number two, that love requires great sacrifice. And number three, that what we do here on earth has an eternal reward, that we have a purpose. Happy Mother's Day, church. I love you so very much. Thank you for listening to the Rock Church and World Outreach Center. If this message spoke to you, please share it with us. We'd love to hear from you. You can find more information at www.rockchurch.com.